This, the 88th episode of the Juicebox Podcast, is sponsored by Omnipod. You know Omnipod. It's an insulin pump that doesn't have any tubing. Let that sink in for a second. No tubing on your insulin pump. Oh, boy, that sounds nice, doesn't it? This one's really unique. Amanda contacted me by email saying she was off to college, 19 years old, wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Three hours later, we recorded the podcast. Huh? That's crazy, isn't it? Met, set it up, told her story, and now here it is to help other people like Amanda. And, you know, maybe give some of you moms and dads some insight. This is it. Amanda Willis, 19 years old, just left for college. So this is the quickest I've ever turned something like this around, ever. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm sorry if it was uh, so... uh, uh, it felt rushed. I, I didn't mean for it to, but I'm. I normally record during the week, and when you said the weekend seemed really easy for you, I was like, okay, you know, maybe it'll work out. And then I, I took my son to a dental appointment, and when I came back, my wife and my daughter were like, we're going out for a little while. And I was like, right now? Are you going out right now? Uh, I said, uh, I think perfect. I could do a podcast really quick. So, um, so tell me something. So, so just we're gonna launch right into it if it's okay with you. Sure. Cool. So introduce yourself, and, and then I'll ask you a couple questions. Okay, um, I'm Amanda Willis. I'm 19 years old. I just went away to college. It was my first week this week. Um, I've had type 1 diabetes since I was uh, two years old, and I was diagnosed actually around Christmas. So my second Christmas was spent in the hospital being diagnosed with diabetes. You were in the, in the hospital actually on Christmas Day? Yeah, I was there two days before Christmas, Christmas Day and the day after. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you were two, though. They probably were able to make it fun. Can you make something like that fun? I don't know. I, I think you can. I mean, I don't remember it too much because I, I was too old, but I look at pictures and I looked happy. My parents and grandparents all brought presents and everything. So we spent at the hospital. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. All right. So, so you reached out. Um, do you listen to the podcast? Yes, I do. Oh, cool. I'm glad. Um, where did you find it? Can I ask you? Um, I was looking on um, the, I think it's the Beyond Type 1 website. Okay. And I saw um, a couple people mentioning it and a while back, and I went and started listening to it, and I kind of caught up listening to all of them, and I just loved listening and kind of hearing other people's stories, and you talked, um, I think you talked with um, Victor Garber yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. And um, he's always been kind of a, a, a big role model of mine. Oh, no kidding. Are you an actor? I am. I'm actually, that's, I'm in college for performing arts. That's so cool. I just interviewed Mary Lucas, actually, from Beyond Type 1. I don't know when that's going to go off. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so that's great. Okay, so you, when you reached out, you were like, hey, I, I'm right in the middle of going to college, and if I could share some of the things that happened to me, maybe keep it from happening to other people. Did you, so this is your, is this quite literally your first week of college? It is. I had my first week classes Monday through Friday. Okay. So what is it about what's happened to you over the the recent time that you wish you would have known and maybe could have changed? Um, One of the big was I'm living with two other girls in a dorm room Mm -hmm. and it was very hard to kind of come out to them like, Hey, I'm diabetic. I have to do like, I have to give myself um, shots. I, if that's okay with you all, if not, like I can arrange to kind of not 
around you all when I do it or so that was kind of the biggest thing I was so terrified of having to tell them that and showing them how to use Ukagon in case something were to happen and it was just terrifying and the looks on their faces when I showed them the glucagon for the first time, they just looked horrified. <laughs> so they thought they were going to move into their room, go find a cute boy and drink beer. And you were like, no, no, wait, let me explain to you what happens if I pass out. Well, I kind of, I waited. I didn't show them how to use the glucagon until I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. So I let them kind of wait and watch me do like the smaller shots first before I pulled out the big glucagon. <laughs> So I don't have so, – so first of all, have you ever needed to use glucagon? Um, my parents sit on me twice when I was younger. I went um, – I had um, twice when I was younger because I was with my grandparents and they weren't quite as comfortable with the diabetes as my parents were at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of – but they, my grandparents took me back to my parents and my sugar was low and they wanted to get it up and wasn't doing it. And the, like the food wasn't doing it. So they had to do the gluten on. Okay. And then there was another time I was actually passed out. I was, um, I was fishing on a pier in Virginia with my grandfather and he, I felt so bad for him because he was terrified. I just collapsed on the pier. It was a hot day. Mm-hmm. My sugar had been um, fairly high morning and it was the first time I was kind of taking care of stuff by myself. And I think I was maybe 11 or 12 at the time. And I accidentally dosed twice for a high sugar the course of like 20 minutes. Okay. And And then it definitely came down. (laughs) Yeah. And they had to give me a glucagon then too. And I had to go to the ER because when I fell, I, I'd hit my head. Mm -hmm. And so those are the only two times I've ever had to use the glucagon. But, but does it seem more real in your life because you've done it? Because I think it's one of those things that a lot of people think, like, I mean, we've never used it. And so, you know, I think people think, well, it's just that thing you have that you'll never use. But at the same time, when my daughter was very little, she had two different seizures. We were just able to get her out of them with, like, glucose gel. Yeah. And so, like, but, I think of seizures that way. Like, you know, yeah. like people people who have never had one are like, that's never going to happen to me. Yeah, you, it's, you know. it's scary. The fir- I remember the first one I had, I was... How old was I? I think I was, I was six years old or six years old and they didn't have to gone on me at that point, but we were living in our old one story house mm-hmm. and my dad and I were running around playing tag or we were playing something. And I remember just feeling really weird. And then I just collapsed yeah. and my parents called an ambulance and like the ambulance came and they kind of like help and everything. Cause it was the first time my parents were experiencing that too. So it was kind of scary for everyone. I remember being rather panicked when it happened to Arden and she was just two years old and yeah. it was, it was really insane. Um, wow. I, I remember forgetting everything that I thought I knew about diabetes in that moment. You know, like five, I, I think we would have used the glucagon, but neither of us could remember how to do it. Like it was, it was that thing that they showed you in the doctor's office and, you, and even they, they're like, you're never going to need this, but here's how it works. Yeah. And so when, so early on when there's so much happening and someone says you're never going to need this, you kind of go like, all right, well, there's a lot of other pressure and things to remember. So maybe I won't commit this to memory. And yeah. uh, that ended up being, um, well, you know, it worked out fine with the glucose gel. But I remember looking at the syringe thinking, like, I don't know how to do this. So, <laughs> you know, um, okay, so, okay, so, so 
go back a little bit. You characterize telling your roommates as coming out. Like you, you yes. said, you said I like I, I you. So you were nervous to do it. What What were the initial concerns before you did it? What did you What were you worried might happen? I was terrified that they were going to want me to like switch rooms. Like they weren't going to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest fear because I was like, if they don't like needles, if they get if they get really like queasy at the sight of needles, like it's not going to work, and they're going to ask me to leave. And I've gotten really close to them over like phone calls and stuff, like getting to know each other before we actually moved in. And I was really looking forward to it. But then the time came where I was, I just kind of thought, you know, I have to tell them they have to know. So it was just terrifying. And I was so scared because I've had friends that didn't want to be friends anymore because of the needles and everything that I had to I, I do wonder sometimes when you see people come in and out of my daughter's life, if some of them don't leave because of, because yeah. then they never say, you know, but, but if it, if it's an issue for them and they just, they kind of go away, but you know, you've lost friends over diabetes. Yes, I definitely have. Yeah. Um, so what stopped you from doing it over the phone? Because I, that seems like a good coward's way out to me. Like you don't actually have to be in front of them, but at the same time, Maybe maybe you felt like being in person and they could get to know you a little bit and it might not mean as much or maybe they could see it that it, you know, I mean, because you know that it's not a big deal, but how do you get them to know that? Is that why you waited? Well, the, the reason I didn't do it really over the phone was because I wanted them to actually be able to see what I do. Because when you say you have to give yourself a shot, there's yeah. a lot of things that could pop into someone's mind. They right. could be envisioning this huge needle that you have to put in yourself or they could see what it actually is, like the little teeny tiny pen needles. Right. You just, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't want to tell them over the phone because there's a lot of misconceptions that can come through that. Right. Well, that makes sense. I, I was kind of playing devil's advocate there. I wouldn't have told him over the phone either, but I was just interested to see what, why you thought. And so, so you, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. So you are you MDI? Do you just you use a pen or needles? Um, yes, I use the pens. I was on the pump from age five up to when I turned six. And I was on at first, I was on the Minimed mm-hmm. um, pump. And then they came out with the Omnipod and I switched Omnipod. Okay. But because I'm going into the performing arts, I do a lot of dance, and it became an issue of where I was dancing every single day, and I would either bump into someone or I would roll to the ground to something at dance, and it would just fall out, and it was getting really frustrating having to change it every day. And if we had to do lifts for dance, they'd, they'd have to, like, I, it would get knocked out, and people would freak out. So I decided that I would rather do um, the pens and the pens have actually helped me get a little more under control as well. So this is interesting. So you were, you were using an Omnipod and it was going fine with the exception of when you danced or when you were performing. And have you heard the episode that I think is called 14 going on 50 or something like that? Or, um, okay. With Ian, who's a performer too, and doesn't want to have an insulin pump because of performance. Ian didn't want to do it because he thought it would pre- uh, leave people with a preconceived notion that he couldn't do what he was there to do. Do you? Ever- yeah, that's part of my thing. Um, going into auditions, because I did um, before I came to school, before I started um, applying to colleges. My first um, from when I was eighteen or nineteen, I was actually doing a lot of auditions for um, Disney parks, and 
I was always terrified. Like if I had to pull out and give myself a shot, like one of the casting directors were to see, I would be terrified, but I couldn't even imagine going into a Disney audition with an Omnipod on um, just because at, when you're auditioning for Disney, they're looking for something so specific. And if there's something that they don't like, they're not going to cast. That's why it terrifies me where it's kind of nice to have it a little bit hidden. So It's really interesting because it is such a specific, the only people who I've ever heard speak about it exactly like that are, excuse me while I text Arden um, about her needing uh, insulin. One second. Okay, there we go. Um, and so, I'm sorry, I, but to get, it, the, so far the people I've heard, I just stammered like 17 times. I'm sure <laughs> that's fun to listen to when you're listening to the podcast later. Um, it, performers, like over and over again, just, you know, I mentioned a, a woman named Kelly who contacted me privately. Uh, Ian, you, you guys all have very similar concerns and, and it all seems to be based on aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, really, because if, if you could use the pump without anybody knowing, you wouldn't you wouldn't have that same problem while performing. Now, here's my question. Did you have that problem in other walks of your life? Like, is this something specific to how you feel or was it the outside influence that only made you feel this way? I'm going to do something new and different today. I have no idea what I'm going to say about the Omnipod. Okay, ready? Top of my head, it's fantastic. Really a game changer for my daughter as far as her A1C goes, about her self-confidence, about her control over her blood sugar, about our ability to make these small little adjustments to basal insulins and to boluses, you know, the difference between the difference between good and great, actually. It's that simple, really. It has been invaluable in a way that these two minutes could never do justice to. If you've considered getting an insulin pump, I would try an Omnipod if I was you. If you have an insulin pump and you've been thinking you would prefer to have one that doesn't have tubing, I would try an Omnipod. How do you do that? Myomnipod.com forward slash demo with the links in your show notes. They'll send you a free no obligation pod. You can try it, see what you think. And then, you know, make the decision. I'm going to do it. So in a world where it might be scary to change, and maybe what you're doing seems like it's okay, just know I think it could be better. It could be easier. It could be it could be an omnipod. I mean honestly, it could be better. No matter what you're doing, you could always upgrade. And if it's not an upgrade for you, don't do it. It's a demo. You don't have to do anything. There's no obligation. It doesn't cost you anything. You just go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo. You fill in a little bit of information. They send you out a demo pod and you decide if it's for you. Nobody decides but you. You're the decider. Um, it was a little bit of, of both, actually. Um, the, it was The outside influence was a lot of it because people were always telling me when you go to auditions, like, they look at you and, like, they they know what they want, like, the minute you walk in and all of my acting teachers would always tell me that, like, you have to make a good first impression. And that was the biggest thing also when I would go to, um, to do shows, community theaters in the area. I was so scared when I used to have the pump and I would go in, I would worry they wouldn't want to cast me. And 
Like I look different. I have this thing that makes me different. And I was just always so scared, but I kind of, it also added a lot of stress um, auditions, like extra that I didn't really need. So it was just all together. I thought it was just a better choice to switch to the pens. And now you, you said you listened to the Victor Garber interview. Now Victor wears an Omnipod. Yes, okay. I did hear that. So I'm sorry, we sort of fell down a rabbit hole there, but I found that really interesting. But, but so I'm sorry. So, um, so, okay. So you were concerned about telling your, 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 your roommates about diabetes, but you obviously you were there a couple of days. You did it. You didn't just tell them about it. You went the whole way. You're like, this is what happens if I pass out. And so, um, how did they take it? Um, they, like I said, the, the expression on their face was very interesting when I showed them the glucagon and they, they they weren't scared of it, I don't want to say. They were just kind of surprised that I carry this thing around in my purse. Yeah. Because it's not something everyone just kind of has in their purse. No, no, it's for sure. I mean, listen, I, I'm honestly, we, we don't carry it with us when we go out. So, yeah. you know, and, and if you do, it is, it's not what you're expecting to see in someone's purse. That's for sure. Pack of gum, maybe. Uh, tissue. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, okay, so, they, so were they bothered by the idea of the needles? They were not. My one roommate actually kind of grabbed it from me to get a closer look at it and kind of looked at the instructions on the top. And she started asking me, like, how long do I have to shake the vial, like, before I can pull it back and put it in? They were just so understanding. And it turns out um, one of my roommates has a cousin that's actually type 1 diabetic. So she has a little bit of experience with it. Well, you, know, you have to be careful. If she's too enthusiastic, they might start giving you extra insulin because they want to try it sometime. Well, I also, um, I use the Dex. I have the G5, so it connects to the um, the phones off the, the um, app on the phones. What did they think of that? So um, I told them because I had an, an incident. Well, I don't want to say an incident, but yesterday I kind of woke up a little late for classes and I scared one of my roommates half to death because she couldn't wake me up. Mm-hmm. And my sugar was fine, but now that they know about the diabetes, I get really scared because I showed them the glucagon. I don't want them to not be able to wake me up and then panic and shoot the glucagon in me when I'm just... So, so Amanda, you stay up a little late one night, and you come home, and you're sleeping, and you're hard to arouse, and you think they're just going to jam that glucagon right in your butt. And Yeah, kind of. <laughs> my daughter sleeps like a rock. I... I, I have this great video that she won't let me share and she shouldn't, but it's me like it's me standing over her. She's asleep. I'm like lifting her limbs and dropping them and shaking her bed and screaming her name and, and she doesn't move. You, you, you know, so she can she can sleep through anything. And and that that just that's yeah, you tell them, look, check my blood sugar before you start. Don't, yeah, that's don't why I her. told them about the, the Dexcom share mm-hmm. and I was just in case. <laughs> Yeah, this happens yeah, for, again. <laughs> I don't want you to second, Take a split second and check to be sure. Yeah, like don't just give that. Make my, make my blood sugar 700 for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so, okay, so, all right, so that's so that it went pretty well and they have a good expectation. But also, and I think this would be true of any situation where you're starting to tell people about type 1, they don't really understand. They understand your explanation as well as they can. They're going to need to live with you for a while before they see the real you know, what it really means, you know, you know, to, to say to yourself, like, I have to give myself insulin, you know, 15 minutes before I'm going to eat, or I have to do this, like the real pl- pre-planning that goes into it. Yeah. Um, I, are you going to let them lot, see all that? I think it's a lot to just kind of uh, throw on to people, but I'd like, I don't really get in 
a lot with people saying like, like, oh, here's what I need like to dose and here's when I do it. Here's how I do it. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of stuff I can do but pretty much on my right. own. But I'm saying they're going to see it at some point. Right? Yeah. I mean, like they're going to kind of witness it. And, and I think that maybe as they do witness it and, and times go, you know, time carries on, they'll probably look back on your first conversations and realize that they didn't understand probably as much of it as they thought they did. Yeah. And the, the really um, interesting part is um, I, I don't have to, test my um, fingers as much anymore because of the Dexcom. My endocrinologist was telling me that the Dexcom, um, the FDA just approved it to be accurate enough to be able to dose for high glucose off of or to correct flow. So So I I only... I think we, even though they don't, they don't, um, they don't buy ads on the podcast. And by the way, Dexcom, why do you not buy ads in the podcast? But, (laughs) but, um, but I do think that that, that thing with the FDA if I'm understanding it correctly, they haven't said it's there's 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 a distinction in there. What they've said is there's enough information here, and I'm going to have to actually look this up and 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 read it at the end of the podcast for sure. But it's not FDA approved for dosing yet. It's cleared the FDA for that discussion to happen. Okay. But I would see it happening. I mean, I'm assuming if if that if it's taken that step, then it's going to take the next step. And and let me be perfectly clear. We make a lot of decisions based on Harden's Dexcom too. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's what, the Dexcom's a great, a great tool, and I've I've used it um, ever since I started the Omnipod, and I still use. That's mm-hmm. the only kind of external thing that I have, but it's so small, nobody sees it. You can actually get away with hiding that somewhere. Where do you wear it usually? Um, I wear it on my behind. I, I you cut out. I'm sorry <laughs> on your. Um, I wear it on my behind. Oh, I had to make you say behind twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's my, uh, so my daughter wears it very similar. Like if you put your finger kind of on the point of your hip and trace a line back to, I guess, the crack of your butt, you know, there's a, on my daughter's hip, like sort of between where the butt cheek starts to curve and there's sort of like a flat-ish area and she wears them there left and right. She, she puts them back and forth all the time. And, and Arden plays you know, really vigorous softball with it okay. on constantly. And she slides and throws herself all over the place and, and doesn't have trouble with it. Um, we do use like, um, opposite flexi fix, I guess, to hold it down okay. when, when she's playing. But, um, but see, it's interesting too. Like you, you're just talking about people are different and, and what you're doing is different. So Arden wears Omnipod like on her belly or her legs most of the time. Okay. And that doesn't get in the way of softball, but also no one's grabbing at her, picking her up. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. If she if she jumps on the ground, it's once. It's not like over and over repetitively again. I guess so. Okay. It's interesting. You know. So what? Uh, okay. So all right. Hold on a second. Okay. So uh, we're getting on. So you, you but your email. You were kind of like you kind of had a bad time. So was the bad time the pressure and the anxiety of it? Of very the, having much, this. Very much so. <laughs> and how did it kind of? So how long had you been worrying about it prior to getting to school? Since I got accepted to the school. <laughs> okay, so so you so so this is good for people to hear because so you get accepted to college, and one of the very first things you think about is how am I going to tell people that I'm rooming with about my diabetes? Yeah, it was it was that, and it was also like how am I going to tell my professors that like I might have to like do something during class, or I have to have my phone out to be able to monitor my sugar to make sure mm. it's not going too high or too low, which went really well. That I that wasn't much of an issue the first day of classes. I kinda went to um, all of my professors and I 
talk to them about saying, like, I might have to have my phone out. If I pull it out, I promise I'm not text. I'm not on Facebook, Instagram, any social media. I will just pull it out for a quick second, look at it, see what my blood sugar is and put it away. And it won't come out maybe more than a couple times in a class. You don't want them to think you're being disrespectful of their time or anything like that, or just have them have the feeling like, Oh, look, there's Amanda, that girl who doesn't listen to me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And not, not so, not so much. Well, it's tough though. You're see, it's funny when you're, when you're saying it, I hear there's like a, there's like a hint of apology in your voice. But I think that's with that would come with your age a little bit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I would have a different feeling about it if it was me. I'd just be like, this is what I need to do. And you, you know what I mean? Like, I would probably attack the conversation from a slightly different perspective. But I get your perspective. So, so everybody took it really well. Yes. I, I would All imagine. my instructors were very understanding. They, um, the minute I told them, they were like, that's perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. If anyone gives you any issue or if any other instructors give you, um, just go to the disability services. You can talk with them and they can write some stuff out for your teachers if you need it. And mm-hmm. so they, they were all very helpful. Can I ask you, did that have any impact on you? The, the idea that, that in that moment, somebody classified you as being disabled? Yes. I never look at diabetes as a disability. I look at it as it as something that makes me indi- an individual mm-hmm. and yeah. I just don't, I don't see it as a disability. Some people might, but I mean, it's something that's manageable. It's something that you can take care of. It's, I don't see it as something that's a disability. Right. So, so on your, in your personal concept of yourself and of diabetes, it doesn't feel like a disability, but at the same time, if somebody needs to classify it as a disability so that you can get what you need at school or somewhere else, I mean, that's how I feel. Like, it doesn't bother me. If, if somebody has to say it's a disability so that, you know, you can get, I don't know, testing privileges or something like that in high school or, you know, or, or, or be able to have your phone out without anybody hassling you in college or whatever it ends up being. I mean, I, I, I guess you can't expect the world to make a whole different distinction. Like, you know, it's got yeah. to fit somewhere in the paperwork, you know. So yeah. I, I get them calling it a disability based on the, you know, you know, on what the word disability means. But at the same time... I never once thought about my daughter as being like disabled in any way, actually. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering if it struck you that way. And, and so, huh. Okay. So now you've been around campus for a week. How are you finding the day in and day outs? Like for all the moms out there and dads who are listening, are like scared. <laughs> well, um, How's it going? Going really well. Actually. It's, I, I pretty much have a schedule set up. I'm up every morning around, normally around eight, seven thirty or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, all my classes are pretty spread out through the day. So I can eat a good solid three meals throughout the day and it keeps everything nice and level. And it's a little different cause I was, um, homeschooled back at home. You were homeschooled. So I could be, um, I could 11 or noon if I wanted to, but my parents didn't like when I did that, <laughs> but I, I would do, and, There's more flexibility when you were at home. Yeah, and it's kind of different now being on a schedule and having like I have to be here at this time and I have this at this time and so kind of helpful. Would, yeah, well, I would say that's what I was going to say is that I find with Arden that when she's at school, you know, and, and some people will probably be like, "Oh my God, that's our worst time," but because Arden doesn't go to the nurse and she and I just, you know, 
communicate back and forth through text messages with her cell phone about her her insulin and and you know carbs and stuff like that. Because of that, I find school the easiest time to manage because it's so structured. Because you, because you know food is happening exactly at this time. Because you know the activity happens exactly. You you're so aware of the of the structure that once you set things up, you you know if I have a meal around here and I use about this much insulin, I'm going to be okay for this many hours until yeah. you know, it's going to need me to you know peek in again around here or this. Uh, you know, I and so you're finding that as well. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. And the the weekends, I'm still getting a hold of the weekends just because I don't really have, especially this weekend, I don't have homework or anything to do for any of my classes. So I'm just kind of, I, I slept in a little bit today, but I woke up and I found some stuff to do. I, um, I do photography as well. So I took mm-hmm. my camera out and took some pictures of the campus and just walked around a little bit, went yeah. and ate breakfast. Well, I know because when you and I were emailing, I was like, you know, are you available today or tomorrow? And you're like, yeah, completely available. I'm just I have nothing but free time. <laughs> and I guess because school hasn't really ramped up yet, right? There's no... Yeah, most of the classes are just, you really sit there, go over the syllabus and talk, kind of get <laughs> to know the instructor. <laughs> okay. Um, so how far from home are you? I am seven hours from all right, so far enough. You're a plane ride away. Yeah, I, I don't do. <laughs> you don't fly. I, I hate flying. So I, you drove seven hours. Yeah, well, especially being here, we had a lot of stuff to bring for, in, like in terms of um, clothing and boxes sure. and like furniture. So wow. we had a lot of stuff to kind of move in. So we had we really had to drive. <laughs> so who went with you on the ride to school? Um, my mother did. Your mom. Okay. Did she cry how many times? What was the over-under on crying? I'm going 10. Okay. I never... You cut out a second. You didn't see her cry? I did not see her cry. But do you think she did? I'm pretty sure she did on the drive um, back home. (laughs) You think she just cried for like seven hours driving home? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. She still is calling me and texting me 20, 30 times a day. Uh, (laughs) Making sure I've checked my sugar enough and, and looking well, at my Dexcom. <laughs> so so there you go. That was my next question. Can she see your Dexcom? Yes. Both of my parents can see my Dexcom. Okay. And do you welcome their input? Yes, I do. I definitely do. I mean, they're my parents, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's going to be a time. At some point, it might be hard to imagine right now, Amanda, but at some point you're going to be like, all right, that's enough of you knowing what my blood sugar is. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. And so... So do you guys have a system set up? Like, did your mom say, look, if you're low for a certain amount of time, I am going to contact you. Or if you're high, I'm going to call and tell you you need insulin or. Yeah. Well, we, um, also use a, um, an app. It's, uh, it's kind of a, a log more than anything else. A logging app. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. called, um, predict L and it's a really great app. And my mom can well and i put in if my if i have to dose for a sugar i really just put in um what the sugar is and then it calculates the dose and everything based on what my basils and everything are set on oh so she can see that then so she can see if i dose or if i have to correct for a low or anytime i eat put carbs in so she can monitor that i would tell you this and i don't know anything because I know nothing, and I might have signed an NDA, but I bet you one day you'll be able to do something like that with your Dexcom app. I'm sure. I, I really think so. just makes sense, doesn't it, that that could happen one day? It does. It's, it seems like 
that would be very much possible. I hope you're reading between the lines here, Amanda. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, uh, <laughs> so, all right, so that's cool. So she can see your dosing, she can see the decisions you're making, she can see what your blood sugar is, you're welcoming of her being involved. Yes. Um, what, what do you think her largest fear is? Her largest fear is me having to go to the hospital for for a diet for some reason of diabetes down so she, here. She just doesn't want you to be the girl that had to go to the hospital, or she doesn't like the idea of you having to like seek care by yourself. Or what about it? She just doesn't want me being in an unhealthy situation when she is so far away. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be mind numbing as a parent. I. Uh, my son's only 16, and I found myself considering the idea of him going to college today, and it made me cry. Oh my so God. I was by myself, uh, and so nobody can prove this happened, but I, my eyes, I got all filled up, like just thinking about the idea of him going somewhere. And, you know, I, I'm a, I've been a stay at home dad for, for his entire life, you, you know, so yeah. I've pretty much been with him like pretty much every second that he's been around. And it's weird to think that someone would just. Like, that it would just be okay for him to leave. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I'd be thrilled if he went to college. I'm assuming he's going to. I'd be happy for him and everything. But at the same time, you know, basically keeping him alive and happy has been most of my job. So, yeah. you know, it's a weird idea. It's, yeah, like getting, it's almost like getting fired. A, a big thing, I think, with my mom is my mom um a nurse, mm -hmm. LPN. And a lot of people always ask me, Oh, doesn't that make it better? Like she knows how to take care of it. I, I look at them and I say, yes and no, because it's good because yes, she knows how to take care of it, but no, because she panics more because she has more knowledge about the worst things that could happen. Like the worst case scenarios. This is like knowing a police officer, Amanda. Yeah. <clears throat> a, a police officer meets people in the course of the worst moment of their day constantly and so that very quickly, a lot of them can get into the idea that everyone they meet's a bad guy. Or every, you know what I mean? Like that kind of feeling. Like when you have so much, when your reality is so based around that idea, it's hard to like shake it when you get home. Yeah. So, so your mom's seen everything go wrong for everybody for years, and and maybe that's what sticks out. She needs to see more people where it's not going wrong. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Which she's going to see while you're at school, by the way. Yeah. Because you're going to have a fine time, and everything's going to be great. How could it not be? <laughs> by the way. Off, off, off uh, topic, but what Disney character were you trying out to be? Well, my first couple auditions, I was, um, they were really just singing auditions for some of the, um, the choir things they do around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And I did go to one audition. It was a lookalike audition for, say it this way so I don't get in trouble, to be friends with Ariel... Cinderella, Rapunzel, Anna, Elsa. To be friends with them? I got you. Now I've got to read yeah. between the lines. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so are you a California girl or Florida? Um, I, I auditioned. I'm sorry, you cut completely out. You auditioned? In Florida. Florida. Okay. All right. And so you're so if you're in so if you live in Florida, you could have went seven miles, seven hours away, still been in Florida almost. Well, I actually don't even live in Florida. <laughs> you just really wanted to audition. I, well, my grandmother um, just moved to Florida, so she lives in Florida. My parents and I live in Virginia, and I'm going to school in South Carolina. There you go, about halfway between everybody. Yeah. Nice. So so if you would have gotten that audition, you would have gone to live with your grandmother and taken the job? Um, yes, probably. Cool. That's excellent. How long ago was this that you did that? 
Um, that audition, that specific audition was three or I think it was four months ago, four, almost five. So what's the goal with your degree? What kind of degree are you trying to get? Um, I am getting, um, it's going to be a bachelor of arts in music mm-hmm. and it is for commercial and jazz. Okay. Very cool. And, and it's a four year program, obviously. So you're going to be 23 or 24 by the time you're done school. Um, I will be 20. I, I don't know why you're cutting out all of a sudden, Amanda. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's I'm going to be um, 24. 24. Okay. So at 24, let's say you have to go home again. Mm-hmm. Now you've lived on your own for four years, taking care of your diabetes fine for four years. How do you think that would go? I think, I mean, it's definitely, it would be a little bit different just because I've been really, like, I'll have been, I'll, I'll say independent more right like taking care of myself but Are you excited um, for that idea i i kind of am just kind of show my parents like hey look if i end up getting a job somewhere far away from home like i'm gonna be okay like this mm-hmm. is fine so no okay that, that all makes sense okay so um huh i had a thought i just lost it this would be a good time to insert a commercial okay you want to do one live? I don't even know how to do that. I uh, I have to think about it a little. Okay, so I can't just put a commercial in here. But I will edit all out that I've just said and put it in a commercial. Or I'll leave it because I'm, I'm lazy. I don't know which I'll do. Okay. So, okay, so what's the next concern at school? Is it boys? Is it drinking, which I'm sure you won't do until you're 21? Is it um, drugs? Like, what's your real concern? Like, what are you planning on doing while they're Like, what kind of kid are you? Are you, are you, are you like... Are you excited to go party or are you not? Or are you like, we didn't really, it's hard to get into because you're not 21. I don't want you to out yourself in the wrong way, but what's your next big concern? Well, I'm, I'm not a big person just because of the fact I was homeschooled. <laughs> um, so cause all your friends were your parents and they didn't want to drink with you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do drugs or anything i'm okay. not into that my my roommates have gone out a couple nights they kind of invited me to go and i very kindly denied <laughs> so you're just trying to so you're drawing a line in the sand with your friends letting you know like i'm not that's not me so i'm not up for that yeah and so so then there's got to be i don't know so maybe there's not is, is there not a new thing or are you just are you just wide-eyed and you're like i'm going to take it as i come or is there or do you have new anxiety about something different now that you've kind of come out to your friends well i think i'm a little nervous more now just a lot of my classes um are they're only 50 but i always get this awful fear that in between classes like my sugar is going to go low. I'm going to have to eat something. I don't have time to go eat. So that's one thing I'm really scared about because I don't want to go low in the middle of a class. So you're worried about the time, you, just the timing of you being able to get from food or to carbs or to or to recoup or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I You know, I don't know how good they are, um, but I just bought Arden the other day at Walgreens. There are these little like Walgreens made like branded they look like they're about the size of a fat lifesaver. Okay. Um, but but each one of them is 10 carbs. And so instead of like the, um, you know, like the, I mean, Arden doesn't use, she doesn't like the tablets, glucose tablets. She'll use them if she's really in a pinch. 
but I think they only have like four carbs in them. But so there's this ability to like chew three times and have ingested 10 carbs, like fast acting carbs like that. Yeah. I thought that was really, I, I got them for, I stuck them in her bag. We haven't really had the opportunity to use a couple of them yet, but I'm interested to see how they work when I do. Okay. Let me know. <laughs> maybe, no, well, maybe something like that or, you know, but at the same time, I get your overall point, like the structure of your time and your schedule is already pretty overwhelming, I'm assuming, when you get to college. Yeah. And and then to, on top of having to think about like, when do I sleep? When do I get up? When do I shower? When do I go to class? When do I eat? When How do I, when, when we're so regimented, how do I find time to keep my blood sugar in a good spot so that you're not getting low, getting high and, and, and jumping on that roller coaster and not able to get off of it? Yeah. That's, that's your, that's a, that seems like a very reasonable concern. So what's your plan? Do you have a plan? You sound like a girl who would have a plan. Yeah, I, I, I really, I do. Cause I, every, like I said, every morning I'm waking up at eight, which gives me a, normally about an hour till I have to be at my classes and my classes, a good 10 or 15 minute walk from mm-hmm. my building. And the dining hall is right next to my dorm building. Okay. So it's really, I can just walk seconds over, eat breakfast, relax a little bit, go to class. But then it becomes um, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I have classes from 9 a.m. right through 3. Okay. With only 10 minutes in between. Big, a big six-hour block of the day with 10 minutes in between. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be... Geez, you're going to be the one 19 year old girl like packing herself a sandwich, or, yeah. or, or, or something, or something like that. And and still, I think I get I get your point though. Like it's not it's just one more thing to think about, and it's one more thing to forget. And then and that and plus, I mean, I, I'm I'm speaking out of school a little bit here. No pun intended, because I I I wasn't homeschooled. I don't know anybody who was homeschooled, but. I, I guess there's not as much opportunity when you're homeschooled for you to run into issues like this and have to. So you're kind of finding your way through some problems that some kids may have had to have already figured out in high school or something like that. Definitely. Is, is that fair? That's fair? Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, Amanda, this is interesting. <laughs> so, okay. You didn't mention boys or maybe girls. I don't know what your deal is. But, <laughs> but like, are, so is dating an issue? Like, are you um, thinking? No, I actually have a boyfriend in Florida. We just um went on to so Oh wait, so you have so you you have a boyfriend you left back in Florida. We actually we I get frowned upon for this, but we met um online originally. Why do you get frowned upon for that? A lot of people just really judge people, me Amanda, for the I, online dating thing. Amanda, <laughs> we don't care what these people think first of all, Amanda. That's ridiculous. Is he uh have you met him in person? Is he who he says he is? Is he near your age? Yes, he's he, um, he's actually three months older than me. All right, is he creepy or is he cool? No, he's cool. How do we care who we, how we meet him then? That's fine. People are coming down. You don't let people come down. You. Those are the people I shouldn't be friends with anymore. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Okay, so you met a guy, and you and so you're trying to you're trying to have a, a long distance sort of relationship. It's not that long. I mean, how far apart are you? Are you going to be able to see each other? Uh, yes, on breaks. He's in college as well in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we're planning on Thanksgiving to hopefully meet up. Okay. But, but listen, let's, let's, let's talk like adults for a second, Amanda. Okay. When some cute jazz boy comes up to you here in South Carolina and starts 
throwing his jazz hands at you, <laughs> you know, and, and you're like, okay, right? And then maybe we'd just go talk or something like that. Does it come up then? Let's pretend we're back in time when you're meeting your boyfriend for the first okay. time. Let's say, because I, I feel uncomfortable uh, prognosticating you cheating on your boyfriend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you met your boyfriend originally, same deal with when you met friends at college or did you, did you let him know about your diabetes fairly um, soon or did you hold that back for a while? Um, I, I told him like before we officially, um, started Signed the papers. Yeah. yeah, yeah I got <laughs> but, um, I, I did let him know and it actually kind of works out because he has, um, a lot of allergy that he he's has like, to deal with. Like food allergies. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's aware of being careful about what he's doing then with his food and, and his health and, and yeah. et cetera. All right. So he was probably like, right on, I got an EpiPen, you've got that insulin pen. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, you guys are just two pen kids, like, messing around. This is very nice. Okay, so okay, so you were, all right, so you guys kind of matched up a little bit. Do, do you think that's part of what attracted you to one another? Do you imagine that you had, like, something you were dealing with? Um, I think that was a big part of it. It was also just when we talked, we both have very similar personalities. We're, we're both kind of funny and we joke around a lot mm-hmm. and it's i think we really matched up with matched each other well. yeah it's cool now they say that there's a way of there's the way that happens where people just sort of find each other so yeah all right so cool so good for you so you are so dating at school is not going to be an issue drinking at school is not by the way good for you i'm happy to hear about this as a parent uh drinking and drugs are not going to be an issue for you kudos um <laughs> let's say let's say it comes up, right? You're at a party you think is going to be dry or you don't expect it and it gets crazy. Do you, what, where's your personality lie? Do you bail? Do you grab a cup and try to look casual or do you, do you just, what do you think is going to happen in that moment? Well, Have you, the, the first thing I would, I would definitely do because I would never go to a party without at least a friend or two going with me. some backup girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, if that were to happen, I honestly would just I anything I go to, I bring my own closed water bottle. I I've always been told like never drink at a party. Never like if you have a drink, never set it down and leave it somewhere and go back to it. So I would just kind of stick my water bottle and have it in my hand. Your Your mom. Your mom teach you this. Yeah. <laughs> I like your mom. Your mom sounds nice. Good job, mom. That's excellent. I like that. I like no no water bottles from other boys. Listen, I mean, let's be honest for a second. Boys are icky, okay? And most of the time, if they're being nice to you, they're just going to want to say something creepy to you later. You might as well just stay away from them. That's my, as if you were my 19-year-old daughter going to school, that's what I would tell you. Boys are creepy. Stay away from them. That's what okay. I would say. All right? Um, anytime boys are nice to you, there's an ulterior motive. Let me just say that right now. I don't want to taint you for the rest of your life, but, uh, but trust me, we always want something else. So I'm yeah. talking to you as a boy. You be My mom definitely told me that. Good. You hold your water bottle tight is what I'm saying. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what have we not talked about that you wanted to tell me about? Uh, let's, there was, there was something else. Oh, the, um, a little bit back to more uh stressing part about um even to uh to go to school right so some of the stress you felt before you left yeah a big big part of it and 
I hope I'm not the only one that had having type one and going off to college. But one of my biggest things is I am terrified that I'm not going to live up to my parents' expectations. Okay. So I bet you every kid feels that, not yeah. just not just kids with type one. So you're terrified you're not going to live up to your parents' expectations academically, as a person, as a person taking care of type one diabetes, all the above. All of the above. <laughs> all of them. Okay. So you feel so now is this pressure from them or is it from you? It's mostly from from, <laughs> from putting you. it on myself. You're putting it on yourself. Okay. Well, okay, so now there's there's the real conversation there. The, the, the grades thing I get, you know, I joke with my son, if you go away to college and don't get good grades, there's no problem. Just pay me all the money back. And, you know, like, like you know, and it'll be fine. Uh, but, but so there's that. There's the idea that, you know, somebody's making a, a sizable investment in you financially and, you know, that you're trying to do right by them. Um, that you don't want to be the kid who's like, you know, 24 years old, like... Hey, mom, dad, I need to come back in. Let me back in the house. Like you're hoping that's not you, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and all that. You want to prove to them that you're an adult and capable and I get all that. Now, around the, the medical side of it, what's the pressure with the medical side of it? Is it like I have thoughts, but I want to hear what you think first. So, so it's, what? it's a lot of, um, I kind of, when I turned, it was probably when I turned 15, I started to stray a little bit from taking care of myself just because I was a teenager living with diabetes and I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I understand. And I just kind of, I would stop checking my sugar. I, I wouldn't dose for things. And I, I just kind of went, I just kind of stopped doing what I needed to be doing to keep myself healthy. Um, I ended up in the hospital uh, twice that time period mm -hmm. um once with ketoacidosis yeah so that was a really big thing and after that happened i whipped myself back into gear and was like this cannot happen again that's awful and um when i was getting ready to leave for college there was so much like there was so much stress about it mm -hmm. just because i didn't want that to happen again and i was worrying about like my schedule like what if i get busy and I, I, I'm in a rush to do something and I, I forget to, to test my sugar when I'm supposed to or if I forget to do my, my long-acting insulin before I go to bed and I, like, I just get so scared about those kind of things. Yeah. And, and Well, I would say this. I would I, Listen, I mean, if I was your dad, I would tell you that you're probably going to forget once or twice. That your parents have forgotten your long-acting insulin too. You know that they've forgotten to give you insulin when you ate something. That's happened to everybody. Mm -hmm. I think the I think the key is is to you know recognize it as quickly as you can and get it back. You, you know, and, and then I think after that, you really have to see that this is just a you know you're just a you're just a person. You're human. You're in you're in a completely different uh, place, trying to learn a completely different thing. You're learning how to be an adult all at once. There's pressure around you from boys and drinking and drugs and other people's expectations, your own expectations. If you miss a bolus for something or count carbs wrong or just forget something, you, you sort of have to just fix it and move on. It just yeah. is what it just it's going to be an is what it is situation. And and I think the most important thing that could happen after that, from my perspective, is to not carry it along with you. I think you just have to let it go. Okay. You know, and and 
you probably could sing that song to yourself because, and so you'd be fine. Please don't sing it now. But, uh, but not that you can't sing. Maybe you can sing it. I want to hear it. But, um, (laughs) but, but so I just think that that really is I mean, it, for me being the parent of a child with type one, one of the best lessons I've learned is to, is to not carry around the, the guilt that comes with forgetting something or messing something up. Yeah. You know, so try really hard if you can not to let that happen to yourself. Okay. Uh, that is my best advice. And we don't even give advice on the podcast, so uh, insert another word for advice. This is a good time to say it, Amanda. You've been listening a lot, ready? Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so, yeah, right, because I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy on Skype. I could be anybody. To be perfectly honest, I could have your boyfriend in the cage right now. We don't know who I am, <laughs> right? I don't even know his name. But but okay. So, but but okay. So, I think that really is, I think that would be a takeaway for me. I I would want it to be your takeaway if you were my daughter leaving. And I've got a daughter leaving for college in seven years. And and hopefully that's something I'm going to have the nerve to say to her in person. Like, you can't can't worry. You can't let it happen every day. You know, you can't get to the point where you're just like, oh, you know, play PlayStation or shoot insulin. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> Minecraft, you, you know, like you can't do that. But, but at the same time, mistakes are going to happen. You know, you're going to slip up, you're going to forget whatever you want to call it. You just can't beat yourself up about it. That's yeah. Yeah. You'd be okay with that. You think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You sound like you're going to be, you're very peppy for 19. You have a lot of energy. I, I think you it's want. the, the, I think it's the theater side of me. Yeah. You're projecting your voice and just like want everybody to see you and everything. So that's a very specific thing, right? Um, so you don't mind people seeing your diabetes outside of the theater, right? No, not at you, all. You don't care at all. Okay. And so what are you going to do? What do you think you do when, and maybe this has already happened to you, when somebody has a, like a real broad misgiving about diabetes, when somebody looks at you and just says, you know, the most, the most basic ill-informed statements about type two instead of type one. And they, they try to hit you with that all of a sudden. Do you think you're going to be the person who stands there and is like, Hey, you don't understand. First of all, you're talking about type two diabetes. Second of all, you're mischaracterizing it. Third of all, I have type one. Or do you think you're just going to smile and be like, right on and just walk away? Uh, if, if, if someone is um, rude about it, I would definitely probably just smile and move on just right. because if they aren't going to be, kind about it then they they don't really care they don't want to but right. if it's someone that's really like trying to understand but just doesn't quite doesn't have that the knowledge um the difference between the two then i would definitely sit and be like look this um is one thing this is another type two is much different than type one juvenile it's mm-hmm. very different Man, I am perfectly comfortable allowing you to go to college. I think your parents have made a good decision. <laughs> so I, I'm signing off right now, even though you and I don't know each other and I have no sway over your life whatsoever. But I, it sounds to me like you're going to do great. I, let me tell you something that anybody who probably listened to this podcast, but moreover speaks to me personally about diabetes. It, but at the end of our conversations, I usually end up telling most people the best thing you could probably do is just trust your gut. Just, you know what I mean? Just... Do what you feel like is right. And that is going to lead you well most of the time. And I mean that for diabetes and I mean that for your insulin. I mean that for your life. You know, just if you, 
you seem like you are a, you're bright, you're well thought out, you're concerned. Yeah, that anxiety you feel is a good sign that you're a conscientious person who's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, you're just not 100% sure yet you know what that is or how to do it. But after you prove to yourself a few times that the decisions you make lead to good places, then that anxiety goes away because now you trust yourself a little bit. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. you don't even need it. You probably don't need to go to college. You're smarter than me right now. I can hear that <laughs> in your voice. And the homeschooling, you probably understand algebra and all kinds of smarty stuff, huh? Bored. Homeschooling, <laughs> not having an, like a teacher, teacher to go to, especially when we started getting into the algebraic side of... Did your the, mom stop being helpful at some point? Were you like, Mom, come on, get like, on the internet? So... Was, so let me ask you, Amanda, before you tell your story, let me ask you this, and you can maybe tell the story around the answer. Okay. And if you don't have, listen, you're 19. If you don't want to say this because you are you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything, or, or you do want to say it because whatever, answer any way you want is what I'm saying. How did you find being homeschooled? Because a lot of people who have, I hear a lot, like I just was speaking to a woman the other day who said, you know... Um, you know, we live out in the country and my kid was just diagnosed and I'm thinking of homeschooling. Then and I said to her, I'm like, you don't have to homeschool your kid because they have diabetes. You could absolutely still say, no, there's a ton of kids in school. My daughter does great at school, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if you want to homeschool your kid, homeschool them all you want. But wow, what's happening? Can you hear that? The world yeah. just came to an end outside. All right. I'm not editing that out, but I don't know what that was. And so, um, and so, you know, but so my perspective was you don't need to homeschool somebody because they have type one. If you want to homeschool them, that's obviously fine. Um, nobody needs my permission, but, but my question is this, you've done it, you've been through it. You did it with diabetes. Are you happy you were homeschooled? Do you wish you went to school? Um, I was actually, I was happy. I was homeschooled at first when I was younger and my mom would homeschool me. She did it of course, because of the diabetes, she was concerned that she, if she wasn't there, no one was going to take care of it. And Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing. But then as I got older, it was more my choice. My parents, um, they sent, they did send me to private school for three years during middle school. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't want to do it anymore for, not even for um, the reason of diabetes. It was just, I didn't like the, the drama that was going on in schools. And like it was pulling away from the schoolwork that I actually do and it, I just found it much better to be able to be homeschooled, kind of do stuff at my own pace. So, so that's like, like you that. liked it then, and 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 now that you're in college, you don't feel outpaced by anybody or anything like that, right? There's a homeschool curriculum that you had to, you guys had to keep up to get your degree, right? No, not it. The yeah, so you're good. All right, listen, I hear what you're saying. Homeschooling's fantastic. There's no girl drama. I heard I heard you say that, and and uh, the, so none of the none of the weird cat fighting and the clicks and all that sort of doesn't exist. Yeah. But you still know those girls though, right? When you're homeschooled, you just hang out with them outside of school. Most of the people that I went to the private school with, I don't really see much anymore because a lot of them have, um, have moved away and a lot of them have, um, just kind of lost connection with and don't really hear from them anymore. I gotcha. Okay. All right, let's sing Let It Go. No, we can't. Actually, I think I can. I don't think we can like do copyrighted music on the podcast. Although, who's going to tell on us? No one, really. <laughs> I mean, if you sing it, it's not like I could stop you, right? Oh. So, 
Okay. Um, what's your favorite kind of jazz? Ja- so I'm gonna I'm gonna I, we're up on an hour, but I'm I'm not gonna keep you any longer. But I do have this point. I am a person who always sees themselves going to a jazz club and thinks I would love it, but I never do it. I feel like there, I feel like there's like 19 different kinds of jazz, and I don't understand what is what. And so, what do you, what do you like the best? Like, what kind of music do you really like gravitate towards? Well, um, the for my degree, I'm actually going a little more towards the commercial side of the degree as opposed to the jazz side, um, just because I've been a little more in the commercial music side. Um, but I, I listen to a little bit of jazz. I don't listen to a lot of it, okay. and I I don't it really a lot <laughs> your face so what do you what do you perform that you really enjoy um i i love singing um i do a lot of carrie underwood okay i love singing carrie underwood i do a lot of um sarah Bareilles. Mm-hmm. and um i do musical theater a little bit as well nice that's excellent look at you i can't <laughs> sing at all i have a terrible voice if my wife's singing voice wasn't so bad I would have the worst one in the house. But Kelly, <laughs> Kelly beats me because she, she loves to sing but can't sing at all. So some, you know, some people can't sing and then they they have enough common sense to not do it. Yeah. My, my wife won't not do it. I hope she's listening to this. It's when she sings, we're all just like, oh my god, <laughs> she's there. She goes. She's not stopping. <laughs> but no, I, I love this. Yeah, I listen. It's one of those things. It's a talent. It's a talent that I think everyone wishes they had. It just seems so wonderful to watch somebody be able to just open their mouth and and for that to come out. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> All right, um, Amanda. I really appreciate you reaching out and wanting to do this and spending your time. You know, uh, sharing your anxiety about going to college so that you can. Uh, I, listen, here's what I'm hoping. I hope that parents hear this and recognize that this could be an anxiety thing and, and get ahead of it like it would have been cool if six months before you left for school if your mom if your mom knew this she could have maybe you guys could have talked about it you know what i mean yeah yeah so i so i, I think you i think you did a really cool thing here today so thank you very much awesome thank you thank you i think the most important lesson here honestly is talk to people just talk to your kids, talk to your spouses, talk to your significant significance. Make sure everyone knows uh, what's going on and they're on the same page. It's the only way everybody can be supportive and helpful, truly. Thank you so much to Amanda for coming on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Omnipod, for sponsoring this episode. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo or the links in the show notes if you'd like to try a free, no obligation demo pod. If you're enjoying the show and you feel like it's helping you, please tell a friend. Tell someone who you think may also benefit from listening to the Juicebox podcast. If you'd like to come on the podcast, listen to Basil Snore and then email me. Say, hey, Scott, I'd like to come on the podcast. Here's why. People do it all the time. That's how uh, Amanda got here. If you're enjoying the podcast, extra doubly special, and you really, really, really love it, go on iTunes and leave a beautiful review and a, and a stars. As many stars as you can click on. 